Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And we are back. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. I want to start out by saying thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals. In at least the United States, we have global ambitions. And of course, we're also thinking about expanding our podcast to Mars. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Might as well. So Julie and I have been getting a lot of emails and reading a lot of comments. And really, I think we spent the last couple of days digesting and reading the tea leaves as far as what you guys are thinking and feeling. Now, fortunately, we've been in this business for a long time. And in our heart and souls, Julie and I are real estate practitioners, just like you guys. So we are feeling like you are feeling. And here's what the, uh, I think the preponderance of proof has proven, that there are a lot of people out there that are slipping um, unknowingly into a fear mode. Would you agree? I would. And fear is related closely to uncertainty. In fact, there's a great book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Mm -hmm. And the author makes the point that all fear comes from a sense of being out of control, which is related, of course, to uncertainty, not knowing what's going to happen next or what you should be doing next. And I think a lot of the work that we do on our podcast is trying to show you what to do next so that you you personally, as a podcast listener, as a real estate prof- uh, professional, that you personally don't feel out of control. That way you can be the leader for your prospects and for your clients. And by the way, today is part two of COVID-19 housing crash coming soon. And I think that this topic actually is what triggered a lot of people um, telling us what they were thinking and they were feeling. So, so here's a summary of all the communications we had. And I probably ended up hearing from or talking to probably 50 people, I would say. Sure. I'm, you know, obviously you well, did as well. I mean, that's live. And then we have, of course, texts and emails and lots and lots of commentary. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a good enough swath. To, yes. And the, and the uh, feedback was virtually the same. People are nervous. People are scared. And so let's get – I'll give you guys a rundown of what – people are nervous and fearful of and that way you can kind of root out what might be bubbling around in your subconscious mind because again here's the problem if you start to feel fear it usually happens on a subconscious mind your amygdala triggers the fight or flight uh, widget inside your head and then all of a sudden you go into fear mode fear mode causes your body and your brain and really your um, essentially the experience you have to go myopic. In other words, you start to get smaller and smaller and smaller in in preparation for either fight or flight. That's essentially a summary of what happens when you're feeling fear. Mm -hmm. So what causes people to feel fear? It's anything that is a change, right? Anything, rising interest rates, the inflation problem, which is real. All these things, by the way, are legitimate things, right? I'm not downplaying any of them. Then you have the potential problems over that are happening uh, geopolitically. You have all kinds of different things that are happening politically, domestically, all kinds of things happening with COVID, all kinds of things that are just stacking on top of each other and compounding. And the natural reaction for anybody that's not constantly omnipresent aware of their conscious uh, thinking is going to slip into a state of fear. And, And that's what's happening with a lot of you. That's what's happening with a lot of the country. Now what happens? What happens is if you're feeling fear right now, this time of year, you are going to stop doing the things that are necessary for you to have a fantastic year. In other words, you're going to slip into fear mode, many of you, and then you're going to start reinforcing uh, that fear mode, looking for reasons to feel, feel fearful. And the press loves that. 
you know, just the very topic I of know. the the title of this podcast. More of you guys will listen to this podcast because the words housing crash were in the title, right? More people are looking for bad news right now than good news, and that is pretty much true all the time. And then it just goes to reinforce. So if you want reasons to be fearful, believe me when I tell you, the internets and the socials will be more than happy to comply. And so again, you got to be thinking about that. If you're feeling fearful and you're going to then slip into the state of complacency or your actions aren't going to be what they otherwise would have been, you will create an, a, a um, essentially a massive feeling of scarcity and you will personally go into a recession. Yes. And so that's called inaction on your part. That's caused by you not knowing what to do, how to do it, feeling nervous about everything and just, you know, people in general, but certainly you know, in real estate, when you don't know what to do, generally the the conscious or subconscious reaction is to just do nothing. And nothing is not going to serve you well, especially this time of year. So here's the thing, guys. We are out of holiday season quite officially now. I know some of you guys have some cold weather, but you know what? You knew that was coming when you lived in your state or decided to stay where you are. That's all normal. Evidenced by the fact that if you live in Canada, snow is no big deal. Businesses as usual, right? So you all know that. We have no more excuses. Inactivity is going to wreck your year if you stay stuck. So moral of the story here, guys, is you have to start practicing having a media-free life. Start purging from yourself anything that's going to adversely affect your mindset and by the way, in this kind of climate we're in right now, and I'll tell you guys what the root of all this is, the root of all these evils really is going to be, uh, you know what, let's not even talk about that because it's too easy to slip into sounding political. But I will say this, you can make more money during times of uncertainty than you can when everyone's feeling optimistic. The greatest fortunes of humanity have always been made during the greatest times of change. And there is no doubt we're in a greatest time of change now. And there's no doubt that there's going to be more negativity coming our way because of the midterm elections. That was almost political, but not political. Well, this, but it is factual. Yeah, I was just reading the CNBC headlines. Uh, just, you know, I look at to see with the real estate stuff, and I just always am fast. Uh, who's the uh, reporter there? She does a really good job. Uh, Diana Olick, Yeah, I think. Diana Olick. She does a great job. So I always like to read her stuff. So, you know, maybe one or two times per week, there's a good real estate story. But the rest of it is such politically charged crap. It is hilarious, the headlines that they use. And, all their, <laughs> and, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this. That when you open up an article on any uh, website, what they're going to do is give you the three summary points of what they really mm -hmm. want you to think. Now, if it's some, a reporter that's trying to be balanced and it's a political thing, they're going to, generally speaking, give what would be a counterpunch to their usually politically motivated points as the last part of the article. But if the uh, counterpunch is not going to be in their summary points. Yeah, you kind of have to dig for it. You have to dig for it, and oftentimes it's hard to read, or they'll write it cryptically. Moral of the story, again, mm -hmm. do have a media-free life. That's the best anecdote you could be taking right now to all the negativity that's going to be happening this year. Look, interest rates are going to do what interest rates are going to do. The economy is going to do what the economy is going to do. Housing economy, housing inventory, you know, all the things that people want to worry about, they're going to find something new to worry about if those things are determined no longer to be something to worry about, right? I mean, look, there, yeah. all these things that are happening with COVID and all these things that are happening in the economy, all these things that are going to happen geopolitically, there's probably going to be a spin up in Russia as they decide to roll their tanks over the border. And, and you know, all these things are going to happen. But that does not affect selling houses in Peoria. Okay, no, it, it does doesn't. Not. You just have to get really clear on this. Yes. And not get sucked into the drama. The other thing that I wanted to point out, Tim, as these things that you <laughs> mentioned are going to happen on their own, is that meanwhile, back in wherever you're selling real estate, 
people do actually have to sell houses for mm-hmm. normal reasons. None that's, of that changes. That's a really, really powerful point. And I, I'm sorry that we don't actually talk about that en- enough on this pod. Well, we're going to start to. Well, let's just, well, let's drill <laughs> yeah. down on this, okay? Sure. I'll tell, let's just actually set it up. Okay. I remember when Julie and I first got into the business. We start, first went to a Howard Britton conference. And then there, and we were selling in Columbus, Ohio, which was never a housing boom until really the last five years. Of course, you know, this was back in the 90s. And I remember sitting and talking with, who was that family team in in Cleveland? The Crockett's. The Crockett's, right. Mm -hmm. And the great family team in Cleveland, I forget which brokerage they're with, but they've been just with the same brokerage and selling hundreds of houses per year forever. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing a little sit down at a Howard Britton event, and they were talking about... And we are all obviously a little bit green, envious of the people who are, and at that time, the coastal markets, coastal markets like California and really sometimes, well, Florida and obviously East Coast, some of those markets, they were having booms. Those markets come and go. They'll be hot. Mm -hmm. They'll be cold. They'll be hot. They'll be cold. Well, this was during one of the times when the Midwest was essentially just, you know, not doing anything, no in inflation, let alone appreciation, and the no. wet and the uh, the coastal markets were doing really well. And of course, we being in Ohio, were envious of these people that had sale prices that were ten times higher than ours. <laughs> Literally back then, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, it's not so much like that anymore, but that's the way it was then. And they said something very profound that I want you guys to always remember: um, real estate at the end of the day is going to be something everyone will buy, no matter what direction the economy is going, what interest rates are, because people need a place to live. That's yes. it. People, humans need a place to live. So whether you did this consciously or unconsciously, you actually chose one of the only industries in the world that is something that everybody needs. You are a genius. Congratulations. <laughs> That's right. And even better than that, you don't have to buy your inventory like other yes. businesses do. Exactly. So if you decide, right, this is the re- it always goes back to being a listing agent. Julie just did a nice little loop mm-hmm. there. So if you're a listing agent, you can have 10 houses, 20 houses, five houses Millions for sale. of dollars worth of houses for Mil- sale. Worth millions of dollars in commission to you, and you don't have to pay anything for that inventory. Now, if you wanted to open up Bob's Pie Shop, poor Bob. If you wanted to open up Bob's Pie Shop, and if there is a Bob listing, we don't mean to pick on you, so don't no, take it don't. personally. But Bob's just the best, you know, exactly. recurring name we can use. So Bob's going to open his pie shop. Listen to all the ex- – think about all the expenses, rather, that Bob has to incur. Whether that- or not he's even selling pies. Exactly. Bob has to open a store. Bob has to make pies. Has people to make pies. He has all the expenses of running the pie shop. He has to be there at 4 a.m. to make pies. Pie supplies, some pie- of which will actually expire. you got to make those pies fast enough that you don't lose your – you know, your your can of pumpkin. And he had better hope that food trends don't change. You guys remember when cupcakes were hot? Now, what if happens if Bob basically has a really good run of selling pies because somehow that's the big thing? And then all of a sudden it starts to you know waver and now people start – you guys know tra- yesterday. food trends are real. Well, then Bob's kind of done if he doesn't decide to get into something else. So Bob has to be so mindful of so many different things. That's the plight of most entrepreneurs and business owners. You guys don't have that problem. Nope. You just have to get your inventory. You have to price it right, put it in the MLS. And generally speaking, even in a normal market or a buyer's market, it's going to sell itself. Bob doesn't have that luxury. Nope. You guys are in, all of us are blessed to be in the real estate industry if we make it a blessing. We can also make it an enormous curse. Real estate is the best business ever. 
to create your own fortunes and to create wealth, to become rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. Or it can become one of the greatest curses if you start believing that you can buy all your business and build all, spend all your money on your branding. You will go broke trying to buy business, especially in a transitioning market like this. Yes. So what should an agent do in these times of change? I think we can all agree that there's a lot of stuff going on. Getting back to the points. But before we do, I want you guys to remember, download your fill-in-the-blank business plan. Download your fill-in-the-blank business and life plan. And all you have to do is text the, the, our last name, Harris. Text Harris to 47372. Text Harris to 47372. And we'll text you back a link to download the real estate treasure map. Yes, it's for sale on Amazon. No, we do not want you to buy it. That's actually an older version. We want to give it to you for free. So text the name Harris, our last name, to 47372. When you do, we'll text you back instructions on how to download the treasure map. And you will also be qualified, or really you're also entitled, to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. So go ahead and text the word Harris to 47372. Please do understand that our coaching program is taking coaching clients right now if you take action. If you want to join the coaching program now and you want to skip the line, usually we let, generally speaking, we'll let around 50 new agents into our coaching program per month. But if you want to skip to the front of the line, just text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372 and you'll be taken directly to the page on our website where you can uh, join Premier Coaching. In the meantime, every single one of you need to have your business and life plan done. So do text our last name, Harris, to 47372. So we're getting yes. back to topic here. Julie's going to pick up on the last, where we left off on our last pod. And remember, this is COVID-19 housing crash coming soon. So Julie, the next point, and this is what an agent should do urgently. Yes. So number one, recognize that your number one job in your practice is to generate listing leads, to contact them with furiously fast lead follow-up, pre-qualify them, present, negotiate, and close. The buyers are not your problem. The buyers will come. Your number one job, if you are walking into your office right now, you've been listening to the podcast, you leave your car, you walk into your office, what should I do today? It's get listing leads. So I want to vamp on the buyers thing a little bit. Sure. And, and I just let's just hit all the high points. Longtime podcast listeners, they know exactly what I'm about to say. <laughs> Stop yes. buying buyer leads. Buying buyer leads is the height of stupidity. Because here's the thing. If you and we're doing a podcast on this, if you take one listing, just one listing, you should be able to generate on the low end five transactions from that uh, one listing. Realistically, if you do some of the things we're going to coach you how to do on this upcoming podcast, you can generate 10 real estate sales from one listing. And we're not talking about just leads or impressions, guys. We're talking about actual closings. None of which you have to buy. None of which are going to have big referral fees. I had a long conversation with somebody recently who has a team that sells thousands of homes per year, most of which they get uh, the leads from as Zillow Flex agents. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's essentially the height of Zillow buying buyer leads. And we did a little backwards math on the actual um, you know, profit from the buying of the buyer leads. And the essence of it was they would have made more money out of, uh, from profit by A, not buying the buyer leads in the first place and just focusing on listing leads and getting this, the buyer leads off your own listings. But they would have made more uh, if they wanted to be flex agents, they would have made more net profit referring those buyer leads out after they've been requalified not to have Definitely. listings to sell to in, to separate agents versus agents on their team. They would have made margins significantly greater if they'd done that. And this is something we see continuously. Now, generally speaking, buying buyer leads in a market like this is the worst thing you can be doing. Because if you want to know where the, where the most pushback, and you hopefully already know this, 
if you're a new licensee, listen to uh, what your future coach, Tim and Julie Harris, are telling you. Um, buying buyer leads is an act of futility. It has been for quite some time now. But focusing all your best energies on buyers. Buyers are the first ones that are going to take themselves out of the market. Buyers are the ones that are most susceptible, most fragile in a market like this because they're just going to keep where they are, keep in their present house, or they're going to keep renting. Well, they have a lot more options than sellers do. They do. Buyers can always rent. Buyers can move in with mom and dad or move in with their kids. They can decide not to move from their current state of what they're in. And it all goes back to a really, I think, a really important point that's available in our book, Harris Rules. If you guys haven't read or listened to Harris Rules yet, it's available everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and the rest of it. But here's really the bottom line on why you should always focus your best energies on working with sellers, not with buyers. And this is called common sense, or it should be. There's no such thing that a buyer, as a buyer that has to buy. No such thing as a buyer that has to buy. There's no such thing as a buyer that will ever be in a position where they have to sell the house or or have to buy a house or the pain of not buying the house is going to be greater than the pain of uh, buying the house. Of doing nothing. Of doing nothing, right. I hopefully I said that right. I think so. But you guys get the gist of it, right? There's no such thing as a buyer that can't just take themselves out of the market. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see if interest rates go up. I'm going to see if prices go down. I'm going to just keep my house and we're going to do a room addition. We're going to this, we're going to the other thing. Buyers are, if you, so if you're sp- uh, spending all your best energies every single day buying leads, which is horrible, but then trying to spend all your time cultivating, curating, CRMing, dripping on buyer leads, you're going to go broke. This, this market is going to be brutal to you. Can I be any more direct, Julie? I don't think so. So on the seller side of things, there are plenty of examples of li- sellers that have to sell. So if I have to choose between where I'm going to spend my best energy, and A, I have a group of people that could just change their mind on me if basically the wind changes direction, or this other group of people that absolutely positively have to sell, doesn't it just make sense to put all your best energies focusing on the sellers? I would think so. I mean, we didn't even talk about, let's say that you do have a batch of buyers. That doesn't even mean that any or all of them are even qualified to do anything. You know, there are a batch of buyers right now that are getting their butts kicked. This is mostly FHA, VA, and first-time buyers who might have all the motivation in the world, but because rates went up about a quarter point, they were just taken out of the market because now they can't suffer the higher price. Exactly. And you guys are working with buyers that have been that were pre-qualified based on um, you know lower rates and other things, and all that's changing. And there's this little nasty thing called uh, lender overlay. And you're going to start, if you don't know what that is, so there's the standards that you read about, let's say, for example, to obtain a loan, and it has to be FHA approved. You can do some Googling and you find out it's this percent down, it's this credit score, it's this, this, Ratios the other thing. And all that. Well, guess what? Your friendly lender is going to add overlays, which is even a higher criteria, which is going to make it so even fewer buyers will qualify. And they're starting to do that again. Of course. Again, and I think that their reaction also is to uncertainty. So what happens is their risk managers say, you know what, we're, we're going to be a bit more conservative. You think that it's going to take a 720 credit score, but now, you know what, you can have that, but now we want 30% down instead of 20% down. And yes, they can do it. Agents like to say that that's illegal. It's not illegal. They can do that if they feel like it. Yeah, lenders, uh, individual lenders are going to take risk off the table for them in anticipation of maybe that. So if it's everything's normal. going great mm-hmm. and everything, everyone's like, for example, if you do a loan to a buyer, the buyer loses their job, uh, then you're uh, as a lender, that's going to hurt you as a lender. As a servicer, it's going to hurt you. 
So the end result is you're going to give less loans because the more, uh, essentially, if you have a higher default rate, you're going to uh, screw your ability to, you know, originate more loans going forward. Yeah. It's bad is what I'm trying to say. They actually have their own ratio. People don't know that, right? So yep. there's a ratio between you can only have X number of loans that are in foreclosure or pre-foreclosure that that literally has a ratio of how much they are allowed to lend out. Exactly. So that's why they have these lender overlays. They're just protecting their own finances. All of that's coming uh, to a housing market near you, yeah. and it's going to adversely affect buyers. Buyers are going to take themselves out of the market. They're going to wait. That's what they're, they're going to have some iteration of wait. Now, is that the smartest thing for them to do? Absolutely not, because buyers should be buying right now. Buyers should be locking these low interest rates. Buyers should, because in many markets, a house is less uh, with the current loan and uh, lending environment than to rent that same house, which is bizarre. And the prices will continue to go up. That's, by the way, listeners, that's not normal. Normally, buying a house is more expensive than renting a house. Now, in many markets, renting a house is more expensive than if you were to buy that same house. Thanks to low interest rates. Exactly. But if that changes in this, mm-hmm. you know, March, the Fed said they're going to raise the rates by 50 basis points. That's a half percent. And they're talking about interest rates going up by another full, basically a, a whole percent by the end of the year. That doesn't mean that interest rates on mortgages are only going to go up by a full percent. Interest rates on mortgages and already are going up are could very well go up significantly more. So if the new new normal is three percent, what happens if the new normal becomes four and a half percent, let alone higher than five? Well, and it's worse this go around because you know we've had these interest rate changes before, right? And, and there's several factors to that. One is we got a whole generation of people who think that a normal interest rate is 3%, right? So if it goes to three and a half, we're all coming unglued. That's one point. The other point is that when this has happened in the past, we didn't have prices that were this high. So if you have a quarter point adjust when the average sale price in the U.S. was 250000 you didn't suffer as much as when it's 480000 And will there be an increase in inventory? No. There's no reason to believe there'll be an increase in inventory because what's going to happen is the sellers, and this is going back to whether there'll be a housing crash, the sellers uh, who are, or the would-be sellers, have long-term low interest rate loans and they're just going to stay put. That is what happens in environments like this. Unless you're in some outlier community where there's mass layoffs, if this economy goes into recession, some of these uh, communities that are based on manufacturing jobs or it doesn't even, it could be anything really. If you're in a, like there's parts of the country where there's, I remember Julie, there was an area where you and I sold real estate where there was a big layoffs at, um, some distribution hub that we used to be mm-hmm. on, on uh, I think it was a uh, Air Force base or something. Remember mm-hmm. that? And there was all these houses, these track home subdivisions, and oh, there was yeah. billions of them. And all of those of communities yeah. became ghost towns because people I, And left. that was during a fairly normal market, yeah. but the impact of that company leaving was huge. Yeah, you go to the Columbus yeah. Board of Realtors, you look in the MLS, and there would be like no expireds in certain markets. And then if you just expand <laughs> your search to it. include Groveport and all those other areas, right? It's like Urbana or something yeah, exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. There were thousands and nobody was buying down there because they would have to drive two hours or at least 90 minutes to get to work. And they're closer in alternatives. I remember doing CMAs for those. And it was like, you know what? It doesn't matter that you have the nicest house that was built. I mean, these were like three to five right. year old communities. Doesn't matter. What sold was actually the nicest house for the smallest price. It was so painful. And so that is going to be something that's going to happen in certain markets if the economy actually goes into recession. 
But for the most part, sellers have more equity than they've ever had before. They have better loan, uh, lending terms they've ever had before. And they're not going to walk away from their houses. There's no. not going to be any housing crash. Not when you've they're, got that much equity. And there's re- and Julie and I talked about this on the other day. Th- there's a record number of um, low number of people that are even anywhere close to foreclosure. Because again, guys, people have record amounts of equity and they're going to say, well, I'm not going to walk away from my tens of thousands or hundred thousands of equity so they can rent the house out if they can't afford the payment or if they're forced to reload. There's so many different alternatives. Like really nowadays. low. I think it's uh, the, the highest foreclosure markets are still bubbling around 1%. Yep. You know, and I do check those facts regularly with CoreLogic and others that, you know, and it's not just the foreclosures that are low. People like to cry, you know, forbearances are going to cause all this. They're also super low. So that that's not going to be the story, guys. But with all that said, you have to be also taking into consideration on the buyer side of the equation, the buyer's agent's commissions in some of these markets because uh, it is still a hot seller's market from the lack of inventory. The buyer's agent's commissions nationwide now are probably – at least a half percent less than it was even five years ago. Mm -hmm. And do not think that those rates are going to start going the opposite direction. They won't until we're in a transitioning market, until a buyer's market. And when sellers have a harder time trying to find buyers, then the commissions are going to return. But so if you're a ways away from that, if you're thinking you're going to build your future on buying buyer leads, it's going, the margins on the buyer's side of the transactions are going to get smaller and smaller. So we strongly encourage you. Now, we're not saying don't work with buyers. What we are saying is put your best energies on becoming a listing agent because in any market, remember, guys, how many houses nationally were sold this uh, last year? Over 5 million. I don't remember the exact number. It's real close to 6 million. Yeah, 6 million homes were still sold. And, a, and so you guys are saying there's no homes for sale? Well, 6 million homes sold mean there are uh, 12 million real estate transactions because there's two sides yep. to every real estate sale. That's a heck of a lot of real estate transactions in a market where you guys insist that there's no inventory. There is inventory. It's just it's going to different people because they know how to go right. proactively after the listings. And that's what we teach you in our coaching program. And that brings us to point number two of what should an agent do? Recognize and embrace the fact that you will need to do more, know more, and make more contacts to meet or exceed your goals this year. For sure. Because of everything we just talked about. More agent competition. There's more agents getting licensed than ever before. And less listings to go around. You must be the one with the listings. So let's drill down on that. Okay. So you do have, there is a record number of agents getting licenses. 1.6 million new licensees last year. Um, You know, Julie, I was thinking about this. Um, When you and I sold real estate, now, granted, it was in the 90s, but when we sold real estate, there was 850,000 agents, and yeah. that was a high, so double the agents. It was like a really big deal when it hit a million. Now, people think that when there's a, a recession or a market like this, there's fewer people to get real estate licenses, and the mm-hmm. exact opposite is true. When the economy slows down, more people get licenses because they're trying to figure out how to make ends meet financially. And when it really slows down, then there's another spike. The reason there's 1.6 million agents right now is because when people were uh, essentially in lockdown, they're getting real estate licenses and making babies. <laughs> well, I mean, evidenced by that is if you're in California, what did you have to wait three or four months just to take the test? Exactly. You know, that so tells you something. The number of new licensees is going through the roof. But here's what they're discovering when they get into the business. And if you're a new licensee, remember what Tim and Julie are telling you. They're all making the same mistakes that their predecessors have. So for the last 12 years, when you got a real estate license, what was the dubious advice you were given? Buyer, buyer leads. Work on your social networking. Work on your brand. Join Sign up team. for this. Sign up for Sign that. up for this. Do, build your CRM. They were told to do things that would most certainly result in their failure. How do I know? Because there's a record number of agents that are failing faster. Uh, actually, I didn't say that well. 
There are more agents that are getting out of the business faster than ever has been at least the past 50 years. Mm -hmm. So more of you are getting licenses and more of, and you're not even, you're sticking around for a shorter period of time in the industry than ever before. Why? It's because you're doing the wrong thing to build your business. You're doing what people who've only been in the business for the last 12 years have done. And they've, so in the last 12 years, what was working was the, uh, to some extent, is no longer working now. What was working is going to work less and less, especially during a transitioning market, which is what we're going to experience. Because if you have uh, if you have a recession that's uh, essentially uh, because of stagflation or from inflation, you're going to definitely see all the buying buyer leads, big teams, all those trends are going to wane, and they're going to they're just going to go like a fart in the wind. And that's what happened. How do I know that? Because Julie and I have seen it happen three times before. You guys think that all this you know, teams and branding and social networking. It's the same. It's been around forever. It's just a different, it's through a different, different medium, flavor. right? There's always been buying the big, you know, tug and a tug of war in real estate. It's always been proactively generation or passively generation. So proactively generation is primarily what we focus on passively generation. We teach you guys that too, after you've mastered the art and science of proactively generation, everybody else just teaches you passively generation. Now it's social. Now it's uh, you know mostly digital. Back when Julie and I sold real estate, it was mostly pre-internet, and it was mostly um, direct mail and stuff direct like mail, postcards, obviously billboards. You know all these. Don't silly forget things. the talking house. Well, don't that forget the urinal for cakes. <laughs> I'll never forget Julie and I went to a, a real estate event, and there was oh. some dude on stage who was talking about all the different ways he markets himself. And I swear to you, listeners, I was not making it up. <laughs> the guy paid some local company to put branded urinal cakes in the urinal, in the men's urinals. And he actually thought that was a good idea. Yeah, to have somebody peeing on his logo. I want you to think about that for a second. But that happens. <laughs> that's how pe- dumb things get. That's that's exactly. That's the, essentially how dumb things get, similar to agents thinking they just need to do TikTok videos exactly. every day. Well, so you've got to lead with skill versus speculation. When you're blowing your money, trying things out, seeing if this buyer buying widget is going to work out, you're totally speculative. You've got to lead with skills because you own your skills. Speaking of which, point number three under what agents should do, know about new construction, know how to work with builders and new build sales reps. There's two parts. There's really a lot of parts to this that we teach in coaching, but the most salient ones are number one, working with those new build sales reps for their resale referrals, but also because new construction has increased 15% since uh, COVID started. So builders are doing their best to ramp up uh, all of their starts. I think that's going to be a million and a half new homes built this year. So if we have 6 million potential sales, you know, if we just look at the listing side and the builders are going to build a million and a half, well, it would make sense that you would make that a spoke. So the 6 million sales that happened last year, remember 12 million transactions, there's two sides to each sale. Uh, that does not include new construction because for the most part, new construction does not put their homes in the MLS. Right. That is National Association of Realtors data, which pulls the data from um, obviously the MLSs around the country. So I want you to keep that in mind. Okay. So yes, we teach you a lot of different ways to make money with new construction. Stop saying it's not in your market. You probably just don't know where it is. Okay. Number four, stop expecting a market correction or crash. It's not happening. We've talked about this already. Point number five, get involved in coaching so we can keep you educated, motivated, and in action. To bring this full circle from the top of the podcast, being out of action, (laughs) that is an anti-action, that's what's going to keep you broke, and it's going to ruin your year if you stay 
wondering what's going to happen next. I'm going to wait and see if housing corrects. I'm going to see what the impact of higher interest rates is. Don't wait. Waiting is not profitable. The emotional, I'm going to use tug of war analogy again, the emotional tug of war that's happening right now in many of your lives based on our massive amount of feedback. This is the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. Uh, so we do hear lots and lots of little data points from all of you guys, in which uh, it is fascinating how often you guys are focused, even if you're different markets, different price ranges, different times of the, everyone, de- generally speaking, there's an undercurrent, which is very similar. You very rarely, I very rarely, Julie very rarely hears from you guys where you're not essentially conveying the same emotions, no matter where you are in the country, what your price range is. It's, it's interesting. It's almost like, there's an un, a, a shared undercurrent, the unconscious. It's a collective unconsciousness. Yes, that's the, yeah. it is definitely it is. what's happening. Yeah, without you know, them the, really realizing it, it is definitely happening. Right, yeah. so the collective unconscious right now is telling you to be fearful. And what we're telling you to do is not be fearful. So if the collective unconscious is on one side of the rope pulling you in one particular direction, you need something that's going to be stronger than the collective unconscious. Otherwise, your natural tendency to want to uh, essentially avoid um, harm, right, is going to want to gravitate towards the fear that's being uh, brewed up from the collective unconscious of humanity right now, but particularly in our industry. You've got to have something that's going to pull you with more force than you can possibly imagine away from that. And again, the first thing you need to do is unplug from it. So absolutely stop ingesting anything that makes you feel fearful. The compounding effect, the compounding negative effect of feeling fearful will kill your potential, not just for this year, but maybe for the next 10 years, if not for the rest of your life. The compounding effect of, of inaction, the compounding effect of not, you know, frankly, taking action on the things that Julie and I are uh, doing our best to get you to do mm-hmm. is extraordinary. You become a different person based on the actions you take. You think, well, if I skip my workout today, no big deal. Probably so. But if you skip it today, it's going to be easier to skip it tomorrow, which means you're not going a mm-hmm. month from now. You guys get it? That's what happens. It's all about the momentum you build. It's all about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Say it with me, people. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. While everyone else is running under their staircases and waiting for to, for the, you know, I was about to say government, but that'll sound political. Well, what the hell? <laughs> government to tell them what to do. Yeah. Right? Some big something going to come in and say it's all going to be okay. Well, the world is rushing under the staircase in you know, differing forums. You need to realize that that's the best opportunity for you to go out and help people. Don't be the guy or gal that's hiding underneath the stairs with everyone else. Be the person that's out there telling people it's going to be okay. Here are the realities of what we're dealing with. Here is the action steps you can be taking. Here and really what mostly happens is if people will feed off how you make them feel more than what you say. So even if you're uncomfortable with what you're going to say, your very nature of being optimistic and wanting to help people will be more motivational, inspirational, and will draw more people to you than you can possibly imagine. Yes, and I have to give a great big shout out to all of our existing coaching clients who do not get sucked into that. Here's what they do on a daily basis, at the same time, same place every day on Facebook Live. They're there sharing their victories. They're sharing what they've done to get those listings and how many leads they've generated and how many deals have come from those listings. They're not taking Facebook surveys about what you should just go blow that $5,000 net commission you've got on. No, they're going there. They're having coaches every single day. They're talking about 
what their listings are generating for them, what the best practices are. They're talking about scripts. They're talking about presentations. They're talking about what's next. They're talking about, oh my good, here's my favorite one. I've never had so many pendings before in my life. Now I find I have different spinning plates. Please help me. And the, the, yeah, 100%. And the market was, the inventory and the opportunity was in their market before. It was all around them. They just didn't see it. They didn't feel it. They didn't, they weren't actually tuned into the, oh, I hate this. This sounds touchy feely and woo woo, but they weren't tuned into the frequency of where the, uh, where the people were that needed their help. They were tuned into the wrong frequency. They were listening to make a bunch of YouTube videos and eventually, you know what? I'm going to get on a little rant. Okay. okay? I am so damn sick Mm -hmm. of people lying to agents about, um, all this social media crap. It's gotten Mm -hmm. to the point where it's. It's absolutely killing agents' potential. And I find mm-hmm. I, I, I find it so hard to watch all these businesses that are only here during a hot seller's market. And they will be gone. You guys they watch. Uh, and what they're telling you guys to do is the exact opposite now of what you should be doing. Now, I'm going to really drill down. Mm-hmm. So there's two kinds of marketing, right? There's push and there's pull marketing. So the push marketing that you guys are being told that you're supposed to be doing has been obsolete for a number of years. Ten years ago... When uh, like uh, Gary V, right? He wrote his book and everyone was saying, you got to create content. You win the war by just basically bombarding people with your crap every single day mm-hmm. on all different forms of media. You create a video, you splice it and dice it, you put a million different places, you Twitter it, you just, you know, content bomb people constantly. Sure. So what you guys don't know that has happened is all the social networks, all the forms of media that you are still believing is going to win the battle for you, let alone the war. All those forms of social media are all basically making it so your crap is not being seen anymore. So all the push content that you guys are creating is not being actually previewed. And all you've got to do is when you make some uh, push content, go and click on the analytics of what you just created. And you're going to see two people watched it, you and your mom. Nobody else is watching it. It's because the social media platforms don't want that content anymore and no one has told you. So all the push content that everyone is being trained to create, you know, from something that came out 10 years ago, worked 10 years ago. A huge media barrage that really cost you nothing more than time worked 10 years ago. Now it does not work. And yet all these companies are telling you guys, you just need to create all these posts, create all these videos, create all this stuff. And eventually you're going to have a brand and the brand is going to somehow be formed from people uh, consuming all of your incredible content. And then the business will come. Is that maybe one of the number one reasons why so many agents are failing out of this business faster because they're believing that versus taking the time to learn how to actually become powerful listing agents? Does it make sense to you what I'm saying? So push content is what I just talked about. Does not work that it's an obsolete concept versus pull content. Now, pull content is a podcast. So people do find – if so if you have to create content, this is kind of where I'm going with this, do not believe the push content is going to win the battle because it does not – Pull content where you have people that are uh, seeking out podcasts. They're seeking out content. That is going to be where if you want to do any marketing whatsoever, all your best energies have to be spent towards that. The battle on YouTube land, the battle in all these different social networking things, it is an act of futility. It always goes back to build your castle and land that you own. On a podcast, if we're going to talk marketing, if you guys want to do any marketing after you've learned how to be proactively generators, start your own podcast. Julie and I have done a, um, podcasts. A podcast about podcasts. Yeah, we have. How to start your own podcast. Because that is going to be content that is going to be evergreen and it's going to help you. And people are going to seek out 
podcast. People are going to go to iTunes or they're going to go to one of the other listing devices and they're going to seek you out so that So what way. you're saying is pull content is when I on purpose go seeking something that is very drilled down and by a specific topic and I go find it versus push, which is you just splattering it out there, hoping that I'm going to stumble into it, maybe open it, maybe like it. Is that accurate? It is. Just and, so they understand. But it. if you, but truthfully, guys, do neither and focus on becoming a proactive lead well, generator. Neither is required. Neither is required. So here's really the takeaway. Many of you right now are looking to do some, spend money with somebody or something that is not only not going to generate any business for you, um, but it's going to cost you potentially being in this business because you're going to wait too long to learn the skills necessary mm -hmm. to make it so you're relevant in this industry. A, we are moving from, we have already moved away from who you know to what you know. Those are the different, That this is the pivot that's happening right now. And you can feel it. If you're feeling pain because what you were doing before, like maybe 10 years ago, isn't working, it isn't because you're broke. It isn't because there's something wrong with you. It's because what you're doing doesn't work. You are fantastic. You are amazing. But the, the what pains me is when agents get into the business, they're told to do the wrong thing. The wrong thing doesn't work. They believe that it should have worked. And because it didn't work, they believe that they were the problem. And then they basically fail out of real estate and they give up on their hopes and their dreams. And when they fail out of real estate, they owe a bunch of money on their credit card. They feel worse about themselves than when they got into it because they think it was their fault. And it wasn't. You're, here's the thing. The social media guys are not going to send you an email today saying, you know what? Here's how you win with us. Yeah. You're going to do A, B, and C. Exactly. They know what you guys are looking for is the easy button. They know that many of you have never listened to our podcast. They know that many of you don't know the difference between passive and proactive lead generation. They are going to beat your head with as much, you know, garbage as they possibly can because they know the chances of you coming up against anything that's going to, um, Honestly, this podcast, I don't know if anyone else is saying what we're saying at this point, is very, very low. I mean, look, this is the number one Let's Do Daily podcast for real estate agents. We have tens of thousands of you listen. But just in the United States alone, there's 1.6 million members of National Association of Realtors, which tells me, considering there's billions and billions of dollars that are spent every single year by you guys on a stuff that's going to hypothetically help you build your business. Well, I can promise you we're not making billions and billions of dollars. So that means most of it is going to you guys buying buyer leads and doing a lot of branding and marketing stuff. Well, and those companies don't care about you because there's a bunch more of you getting licensed tomorrow that exactly. are going to do exactly the same thing. There was a study that was done. Now, this is a long time ago, but I'm sure it's still relevant that the average agent has less than $1,000 per year to spend on their business every single year. Now, they don't sit around and say, that's what my budget is. But if you do the math backwards, it's essentially like, let's call it $1,000. So what these companies do is they come out with some product that they will uh, sell to you under the myth that it's going to be the shortcut to you becoming the real estate guru, go-to, here's quick money, right? They know you're going to spend about $1,000. You're going to be done. You're not going to have any more money to spend. You're not going to then blame the product that they just tried to sell you uh, as to why it didn't work. They know that you're going to blame yourself for the failure. They're going to tell you when you complain, you just need to do it for longer. And you're going to mm -hmm. essentially spend your way out of this business. Because you did not realize that really if you want ever-increasing levels of success in your business and personal life, you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And when you become a powerful, proactive lead generator, this passive stuff that we rally against as being your primary source of business because it can't be, it, you're going to laugh at it. You won't even want to do it. 
That's right. So let's say that I am open to everything that we're presenting here. And I'm an agent that has finally seen the light. I'm sick of doing all that crap that's not working for me. I'm going to actually get some real skill. I'm going to actually learn how to find listings, pre-qualify, present, negotiate, and close. How might they get involved with our coaching? Well, text the word PREMIER to 47372. Text the word PREMIER to 47372. Mm -hmm. And remember, you guys, when you send a text, message and data rates may apply. You know, you have to say that. But that's the, you know, just text the word PREMIER to 47372 and you can join coaching right away. If you want to uh, speak with one of our new member coaches first and download the real estate treasure map, just text the word Harris to 47372. Text the word Harris to 47372. And again, remember, message and data rates may apply. Uh, By the way, you like the podcast. I know you do. You listen every single day. Please remember to give us a five-star review on uh, iTunes, whatever your podcast listening widget is. And if you're listening to us on YouTube, please do subscribe so we can help return sanity to the real estate industry. There is no doubt that we are up against, we are coming up fast and furious to a, a change that's going to be you know, the inflation thing's going to turn into something else. It's going to turn into something else. You're going to have geopolitical things, political things domestically, all of these things. If you let your brain be awash of them, you will go into a state of fear. You will not take the actions necessary. And guess what? You're going to become real estate roadkill. You need to be proactive about defending your mindset so that you guys can stay on track with what your goals in life are. That's what we do. That's what Julie and I specialize in and all of our coaches. You know, it's not just Julie and I, by the way, guys. You know, we have dozens of coaches in our business. You do, when you join Premier Coaching, you do get a daily semi-private coaching call. You get everything we talk about every day on this podcast. Um, And it is kind of fascinating. Sometimes people say, well, the podcast is amazing. You think the podcast is amazing? You guys got to join the coaching program. This is just frosting. This is just, this is 30,000 mile view of what you get as far as, uh, you know, the podcast. Julie's in the process of, you know, we go through the podcast. I'm sorry, we, as far as the coaching program, we go through the coaching program on a regular basis. Yep. We're always upgrading the content. Regular members, make sure you're always logging into Harris Learning and you're always making sure you're getting the new content. You know, the, the other cool thing that I really like, and I have to give a shout out to all of our coaches. All of our coaches are not just actively licensed, but actively selling. They're in it like you're in it. Yep. Okay. And you have a variety of coaches. The cool thing about the Facebook Live stuff is that you guys get to hear from each other all over the country. We even have a coaching client that lives in Guam, which I mean, most people can't even point to on a map, but real estate actually works the same way all the way out there. It's really great to share. You guys send referrals to each other all the time. It's it's more of a coaching family than anything else is how I think it's of a, it. It's a community. It is. That, it, that it's, it, you know, it's amazing, honestly. The, and there, there's not a lot of complaining, whining, getting ready to get started to someday feel like being motivated. They're, they're actually solving problems. They're talking about their successes. They're talking about, you know, I was frustrated because of this and now I know why I'll never do that again because the coaches say, you know what, you did great up until that point, but you know what, you didn't use a pre-qualifying script. So here's where you go to get it. And I know what some of you are thinking because you tell us this, is you're going to try the easy button things first before you actually, you know, realize what we're saying is really true. Why would you waste your time? Why? (laughs) Well, I mean, they have to beat their head against the wall. A brilliant man or woman learns from his mistakes, for sure. But a really, really brilliant, very, 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 very successful man or woman learns from the mistakes of others, right? You want to learn from your own mistakes? That's that means you're smart. But if you really want to be somebody that's going to be that's going to progress quickly, stop wasting time making your own mistakes and actually do what's necessary for you to build a long-term ever increase. Look, guys, you know what we're saying is true. 
intuitively in your core, you know what we're saying is true. If you want to get in better shape, you have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. If you want to build wealth, if you want to have a great relationship, it's always about not hitting the easy button. The easy button is a lie. Stop looking for it. Anything that's passive lead generation is the easy button. Be clear about that. Proactive lead generation is you on the phone talking to a seller, you in person talking to a seller, you putting yourself in the position to hear the word no every day, not doing everything in your power to avoid it and hoping and praying you can somehow, you know, uh, fool the market into thinking you're successful from all your branding and your marketing. Your reputation, aka your brand, happens, you build that from actually helping solve other people's problems. The rest of it, guys, will result most likely in you having a very bad year, let alone the high likelihood of not being in the business. That is the reality. Would you guys, I, I, can we be any more direct with these guys? I, I don't think so. Well, <laughs> sometimes we are in the Facebook Live sessions. Well, you know, the thing about the Facebook Live sessions is when people come to us and uh, they're in our coaching program, generally speaking, they are 100% receptive to, yes. They don't want to screw around anymore. No, and we don't have to. We don't have to like sell them into the reality. No, they're stuff. like, tell me what to do. I'm ready to do it now. That's a coaching client that we want to coach. Yes. So if you're like that, please do consider <laughs> becoming a coaching client. In the meantime, guys, thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation. We truly feel that it's an honor to be part of your lives every day. Um, and we really sincerely appreciate the feedback. If you guys want to, um, you can always inst send me Instagram messages. I check it. We don't have a subordinate doing it. And it's at Tim and Julie Harris. You guys can just message us directly on Instagram. Uh, or you can just find me on, uh, just text me directly. Don't call, text 512-758-0206. And yes, of course, if you're ready to join EXP Realty and you're looking for a sponsor that's going to be proactive in your success, do consider Julie and I, we are formally applying for the job of being your EXP sponsor. Text me directly again at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.